Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Electric vehicle sales are actually up year over year, but their increased cost compared to their ICE counterparts keeps consumers from adopting them at a rate that auto manufacturers thought they would. Elon Musk generative AI company X.AI released his large language model Grok this week. The chatbot comes with an X Premium Plus account and answers your questions in a snarky tone. Ray-Ban Meta smart glasses are out. Are you going to cop a pair or no? And click workers, the people who train AI are underpaid, underappreciated and incentivized to go along with the group instead of calling it like they see it. We've got all this and more for you in episode 105 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. Coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Lifestyle. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Printers are still horrible. (laughs) I've been all day. I had all kinds of things on my to-do list today. None of them got done because I spent all day trying to connect this printer to my network. And I mean, I have reconfigured routers. I have rebooted routers. I have rebooted, reset, redone to the point to where it's like, you know what? I quit because normally I'll be trying to figure stuff out. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you're not, go- you're not going to beat me. What you're not going <laughs> to do is beat me. And I'm just going to have to concede on this one. So I'll be going back to the store tomorrow. You downloaded all the new drivers, downloaded all and- the drivers connected, s- connected it d- manually to my computer lights up just fine. As soon as I pull that little cable out, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> can't get nothing to connect. So it's like, you know what? I hardly ever use a printer except maybe, maybe once a month when I got to print out a shipping label for something I sold. It's like, you know what? It's not worth the effort. I'm going, I'm just going to take it back and pick a different brand altogether. <laughs> so it's funny you say that. So I've got, my, I've got a printer. It's, it works fine. Usually it's hooked up. It does whatever we needed to do. But my daughter, my youngest, she's now in her second year of school. So she was the one that would use it probably once or twice a week, printing off stuff for school. My wife and I, we both work remotely. So there's just really no reason for us to have to print stuff off for just to use here in the house. We just look at it on the screen, save it as a PDF, do whatever we need to do. But it was probably a month or six weeks ago. My wife hit me up. Hey, I need to print something off. Actually, you know what it was? It was a shipping label. She was shipping something to somebody. And she's like, I'm trying to print. It says we got ink, but it's not working. And what the problem was is that it's, it's an inkjet printer. It had been so long since we last used it that the printer, one of the, the black had dried, dried up. up. Mm-hmm. So I basically had to like take it out, shake it up, you know, wet it again and was still able to use it because it was probably still half full. I didn't want to have to go buy another $30 cartridge if I could get that one to work. 
But yeah, it's that that's how long. So it it probably was sometime in early 2022, the last time that printer had actually been used. Yeah, they might figure something else out. I mean, it could be just me. I don't know. It could be my network or whatever the case. But it's like, you know what? It's not worth it. It was this. It's not worth it. Forget it. I'm taking it back. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> and that's it. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say I am. I'm just returning just last night. I have not been home 24 hours yet from the great state of North Carolina, where I was in Greensboro at North Carolina A&T celebrating their homecoming. And uh, this is two years in a row. And it was pretty, it was a pretty good homecoming. I, you know, I say that I didn't think that it was as good as last year, but I think last year it was my first time. I was, I was new to it. So I didn't know what to expect. Today I knew where to walk, where to show up all, or today, this weekend I knew where to walk, where to show up. And, uh, you know, just, it didn't seem like it was exactly the same thing. So I probably need to space them out. I'm, you know, I'm I don't need to go, I didn't go to school there. So I don't need to go every year, but, uh, right. it was still, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a good time. Um, there's nothing like, uh, Terrence, I think you might've saw this message, but there ain't nothing like 10,000 Greeks out seeing who can outdance each other. Mm -hmm. That is just, (laughs) that is just awesome. It's just awesome. Nothing like it. So, uh, for, for, for those who are listening to us, uh, and not watching us, just want to let you know that the tech John is a podcast, but it also is a live stream. If you are a patron of the tech John, so, to become a patron, if you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech. Yeah, that's forward slash the tech J A W N. We've got multiple tiers over there. Any one of which gets you access to our live stream and the after party that follows immediately after the live stream. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech. John and you can become a patron and support us and get access to the live stream of the show. So y'all, I wanted to kick it off with uh, just a discussion about electric vehicles. Um, I kind of lightweight am in the market for one. There is that new electric Escalade that's supposed to come out next year that I am terribly interested in. Um, that, that is probably the first EV that I said, Oh, I can see myself driving that. Um, but EVs have been kind of taking it on the chin for the better part of this year, definitely the second half of this year, but even getting back into the the latter part and even the latter part of last year to where they're selling more than they've sold the previous, you know, the previous quarter. So they have those quarter over quarter increases, but they're just not where the auto industry thought they would be. So the problem is now that you have a bunch of automakers, GM, Ford, BMW, uh, they're all pulling back Honda. They're pulling back on what they're doing from an EV standpoint. And I just kind of want to, you know, just like, just have a discussion as to why do you guys think EVs aren't selling like the auto industry thought they would sell. And, you know, what, if anything, does the industry need to do to get them onto the right path? Well, it seemed like, you know, everybody's all invested in EV, 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 but everybody's sitting around waiting for Elon Musk to put the superchargers everywhere. Like that needs to be a collaborative effort, I think, amongst across all auto manufacturers to make sure that there are enough places to charge EVs the same way there are places to get gas. And until chargers are ubiquitous and they're just still not, even though I see them all the time, but I live in a city in a densely populated city. Um, they're not ubiquitous. And it's just like, it, there just doesn't seem to be any, I don't know. I, I don't follow this 
you know, industry that closely, but it just doesn't seem like that much of a sense of urgency on the part of the auto manufacturers to, to take care of that other end, the back end of it, which is the charging. And I think they need to be just as responsible for that as, as whoever they're waiting to, to, for to do it. And, and I think that's a big problem. I mean, price obviously, but I think the charging part is, is a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, I've always said it's, it's the infrastructure. I've got a little conspiracy theory, but we'll save that for later. But for now, I think it's the infrastructure. Like Stephanie mentioned, nobody wants to invest heavily in the overall infrastructure that's going to make EVs, like Stephanie said, ubiquitous. Um, I, I watch a, I follow a couple of YouTubers who are big on electric vehicles and they've all kind of done the same type of video to where they've gone from New York to Florida or from Illinois down to Georgia or all these different places. The whole point is to test this infrastructure, not necessarily test how far the electric vehicles can go, but the actual test. If I map out from New York to Florida and I map this route and it, pings all of the stations, electric vehicle stations that I'm going to have to stop at based on battery, based on whatever the case may be, you expect that to be a good plan. But YouTuber after YouTuber, they go to the first stop, three of the four don't work. And then the one that only works, you think it's supposed to charge at 240, whatever the speed is, it only is charging at a fourth of that. So the person's going to have to sit there for like two or three hours. Mm-hmm. And then the next man, they got to sit there because the next one isn't until 20 more miles down the road. But they only, according to the technology, they only got 10 minutes. And this is not necessarily a range anxiety thing. It's a overall, I don't know what I'm going to get when I pull up to this. Right electric vehicle charging station because you know the youtubers go there and they'd be smashed they say they're working on the app that they go to but then they get there it's a different story then you got the person that's not electric vehicle they park in the electric yeah all that all that adds up to I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> ain't nobody got time that, for that. That that is that is a big part of it. it. It's so big that people notice a difference between the Tesla superchargers and literally everything else. So in the United States, there's there's basically two types of charging. There's the Tesla superchargers, or I believe they're called NACS, North American Charging Standard, and then there's CCS, and that's that's what you know, all the other car manufacturers were generally using. But what's been happening over the last six months to, you know, 10 months or so is that one by one, auto auto manufacturers come out saying, okay, no, we're going with Tesla. No, we're going with Tesla because Tesla has, at least as far as Teslas are concerned, they have significantly more, you know, capability to have more infrastructure than everybody else. And you generally go to Tesla supercharger, you know, like, you know, the areas and they work. Uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, um, I, I have, you know, I have buddies who have, you know, one who has a couple Teslas in his family. Another one just got the Ford F-150 Lightning and they talk about the difference. It's like, yeah, if I, you know, the one with the truck, when I go to try to charge my, you know, truck up in a place that I don't know, it's a crapshoot. It literally could be only four chargers, maybe one works and it's slow. 
Whereas my other buddy that has the Tesla's like go to any supercharger. We're pretty, you know, pretty much going to be good. They might have one out of service, but that one out of service, as soon as it's out of service, somebody, there'll be a truck there working on the fixing it within a day because Tesla knows that they have to make sure that people can charge those cars up. So that is definitely one of the big reasons. But I think one of the major reasons that you're seeing these auto manufacturers are kind of pulling back on just the number of EVs that are going to release even as, you know, as soon as next year is because of the price. Unfortunately, EVs still cost, you know, significantly more substantially more than their fuel combustion counterparts. So one of the things I've actually said on many, you know, many occasions is that there's no one, at least when you're talking about North America, there's no one in North America who has a EV because they needed one. Everybody who has an EV here has it because they wanted one. That That is the reason you got it, because you wanted a Tesla, which is, is which is the reason why you got one. You wanted a Ford F-150 Lightning, so you got one. You wanted a Rivian, so you got one. But no one who owns those vehicles needed no. an electric vehicle. They just maybe wanted a new vehicle, or maybe they even needed a vehicle and just decided, oh, well, since I want to get a new one anyway, let me go ahead and get this one that runs on batteries. But when you start to get to the lower end of the spectrum, there, there are people People who buy automobiles because they need them more so than they want them. I need to get back and forth to work reliably, so I need to go buy me something. And, and I don't need to spend fifty thousand dollars on some bullshit where I ain't gonna be able to charge it. Right. You know, so at, the, at different things. So it, yeah. even beyond that, it's just like I don't want to spend fifty if the same, the literally the same car costs you know thirty nine. If if I got to put gas in it every week. Yeah. Or, you know, or even less than that. So that, that, that is a big part of it. And it, you know, what's interesting is that GM and I can't remember if it was Honda or Toyota. Let me look at the notes here. I might have had it written in here, but you know, GM and Honda, they actually ditched plans for an inexpensive EV because they didn't feel like enough people were going to buy the one that they thought was inexpensive. Why? Because the inexpensive one still was more than the same kind of car that would have an engine in it. So they're scrapping the plans. And, and this this news just came out today. Tesla actually, it's not 100% confirmed yet, but it looks like they're going to be working on a $27,000 Model 2. So Elon Musk well, was let actually... let me ask you though, Rob, mm-hmm. what... um. Cause you seem to know a lot about this, this area. Um, what is the justification? Like, do batteries just cost that much more money than, you know, the, the parts that go into a internal combustion engine? Like, what's the justification for how much more money these vehicles cost? Cause we're talking about one and a half times, you know, to, to twice as much more than you, like you said, the exact same car in a, with a gas engine. So, you know, what, what part of the technology justifies that exorbitant price? I, I think that there is a chicken in the egg type scenario happening here. It costs more to make battery powered cars because there aren't enough battery powered cars being made to bring the overall price of the manufacturing down. Mm-hmm. So until people buy more, they're not going to be able to get that cost down without taking a loss. Um, and then it's like, well, if you can't get the price down, people aren't buying them. So you, you get into this circular uh, dance. Now I was it's just about like- to say, that I was just about to say that Tesla is working on supposedly a, a, a model two that is going to be 25,000 euros. It'll be $27,000. And 
that is in my, this is the opinion. This is nothing that no anyone's told me, but it's just in my opinion, it is difficult for, for GM or a Ford or a Chrysler or a Toyota or a Honda to deal with that just because they have, in the case of the GM Ford, they, they've got hundreds of years of legacy that they, you know, hundreds, they, they have over a hundred years of legacy that they're dealing with. And cars, even though these companies make gazillions of dollars, they, they run pretty tight margins. So one of the things that Tesla in many states, in fact, most states, they don't have to have a car dealership to sell the Tesla. You can literally just go online, just buy, you go to the mall and look at a Tesla at the mall, go online and buy the one you want. And they'll ship it to your house. That is how you can buy a Tesla in most states. Um, but you can't buy a car like you or a car. You can't buy, you know, a, you can't go buy a GM like that. You can't just go online and say, I want to buy a GM. You have to go through a dealer. Um, in some cases, the dealer, you know, the dealer lobby is so strong. They've actually made it so that even with Tesla, you have to go through a dealer, but that that's a big part of it. The other thing is that, uh, because you have to go through a dealer, the dealer is saying, well, if you're selling these cheap behind cars that you ain't even making money on, how do you think we're going to make money on them? I'm not really trying to push person to, you know, a low end EV. If I can push them to something that's just a little bit more expensive then I'm going to make more, you know, you know I'm going to make a bigger commission on. So that's a big part of it. And if I had to guess, you know what I mean? I don't know, Terrence, what your conspiracy theory was around this. Um, You can feel free to share with the class. But also, um, but if I had to guess, if I had to throw a conspiracy theory out there, too, I would I would, you know, totally believe that big oil Yep, was that's my keeping, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. It it's absolutely you know keeping all of this from happening in in any mm-hmm. measurable or scalable way um because we we know what that oil lobby is about and can do so yep, yeah that, that was what my conspiracy theory was mm-hmm. <laughs> is that even a conspiracy theory that those those <laughs> is like known and stated facts the day it's just how it is it's just the truth yeah yeah that oil lobby ain't happening it's like, you, so, you think yeah. we're gonna just stop shipping these big old giant boats across the ocean with oil in them because y'all want to run battery power stuff that ain't happening no time since you know, so that that is that is probably part of this as well but it's just it's just, it's just interesting because you know that we were hearing that 2026 in some cases was going to be the year to when the car companies would make more evs and they make fuel combustion cars and it's like you know and then the government is saying well we really want you to by 2030 that you're not selling regular cars with engines anymore everything is, is battery operated and i've always thought that that was a bit aggressive yeah, uh, a, a bit aggressive, but at least now the car companies are coming back. And it's like it, on some level, you have to think that the car companies really did think that, OK, well, yeah, we're, we're probably going to be able to make this move because they're not about not making money. They, they they are all about making as much money as they possibly can. Well, so, it'll be interesting to see if the because um, one of the articles said the the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit can be applied at the time of purchase now mm-hmm. and, and as opposed to getting reimbursed yeah. or or you know just getting that money off your taxes it'll, it'll be interesting to, see, to interesting to see if that moves the needle at all um you know for somebody that was just on the fence based off of price alone that mm-hmm. can definitely you know kind of push somebody like if I, if I was going to buy EV but I was like eh, it's still a little pricey I don't want to buy I don't want to spend you know 45, but I might spend 30, 
was whatever 45 minus 7,500 is, <laughs> uh, I might spend that much, you know. So, um, and you live in an area that has plenty of chargers and you don't drive much and, and all of that. You don't really, that's not really a concern for you about the, the charging part of it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if getting that 7,500 on the front end will move the needle a little bit on some of those sales because people can take that discount right away. So, yeah, so I, like, as I said, I just drove from central Ohio to Greensboro, North Carolina. So I actually mapped out what would I have to do to drive uh, an EV there. And it really isn't that difficult. I would only have to make one stop for, for the truck that I'm like kind of lightweight debating that I think I might want. I could almost get there on a single charge. I would, I would never run that close. So I could literally go make one stop. Wouldn't have to, you know, completely, you know, I don't know what you call it. Charge it back up. I guess is the proper way to say it. I was going to say fuel back up. I wouldn't even have to get back to a hundred percent. I would just need to get to like 60% and then could get to my destination with like 30% left, which would be my safe range. So I'm like, okay. So these stops that I make when I normally go to fuel up, those stops take me on average, probably 10 to 12 minutes because you stop, stretch your legs, go mm-hmm. get something to drink, go to the bathroom, get back in the car and hit it. Well, if I were to go and make that trip, instead of it being 15 minutes, if I made it 20 minutes, that would actually get me the 60% that I was, you know, you know, get me back to 60% the, that I would be. So, so yeah, so you're adding time. Other, yeah. That's the other thing. It's like the time, like, like I said, I took a, road trip in a Tesla and that shit wasn't fun. It wasn't because it was like, we literally, and, and I don't know if that was just a function of how, like you said, 30% is your threshold, your safe threshold for, I think my sister was a little more skittish and, and never wanted to let her battery get down low, you know, at all. So we stopped mm-hmm. more often. Um, and the places we were stopping didn't always necessarily have superchargers. So we were sitting there like literally every time we had to stop, which was way more often than we would have had to stop to fill up. Mm-hmm. We were, we were there. It was like, all right, well, let's just go get something to eat or let's just go sightseeing or, you know, what, mm-hmm. like we literally had to go find something else to do while this vehicle was charging up. And then um, on top of that, you know, her Tesla calculates the directions based on how to get to the next charger, not necessarily Mm -hmm. based on what you would think was the right way to go. So that was a huge, that was a huge problem as well. Cause it was just like, we, I feel like we driving way out the way, you know, to, to get to this next charger when, you know, it's the most efficient route for the Tesla to keep Mm -hmm. itself charged and, and running and everything. So there's still way too many variables in, in that whole thing to, to make it viable for somebody that has to drive a lot and drive, you know, across state lines and stuff like if you just doing city driving and you just stand in your neighborhood and you just want to something, you know, green to, to drive in, it makes sense, but it just doesn't make sense for people to actually drive their cars, you know, for so, real. So here's what I wonder, because all, all of your consternation has been about road trips, which is a thing if you do road trips, but, I wonder if the industry says, you know what we, you know, the government is telling us that we got to do something, but they didn't say that we couldn't do plug in hybrids. So I wonder if you might see 
the car industry say, well, people still have all this range anxiety. So let's give them engines in their cars. Let's just let them drive 35 to 50 miles on a charge. And then the engine kicks over. And the reason I bring that up is that I have, uh, you know, a good friend of mine. She actually has a hybrid BMW, plug-in hybrid BMW. And so she charges her car every night when she, when she gets to the house. She says she hasn't, she hasn't actually fueled up since she drove to Detroit back in the spring. Because when they go on road trips, they go in, in their SUV, which they're putting gas in. So it's not, it's not a thing, but she drove her EV to Detroit back in the spring. And that was the last time she put gas in it because for her, it's just driving around town. And she's like, I'm, you know, she's, I think she said she gets like 50 or 55 miles on, on a charge on her plug in hybrid. So she's like, I rarely ever. Uh, you know, you know, get to where the engine has to kick on. But even if it does, it, it's just enough to get me back to the house where I'm, where I'm plugging back in anyway. So I fill the car up. I, I just haven't run out of gas in literally months. So, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I just wonder if maybe that would be a bridge for a lot of people. You get a car that has an engine in it. So you never have to worry about running, you know, running out of juice or being able to find a gas station. You can use the existing infrastructure that's there. You put gas in your car. It will fill, you know, it'll, you know, the generator in the car will charge the battery back up. But if you are home, you can plug it in and charge your battery back up without having to use your engine. Um, um, either you have any thoughts on like a plug-in hybrid? Not at the prices. Again, the whole point <laughs> Once is, again, yeah. <laughs> the whole, if I'm just putting around town, you know, I could just go get a cheaper vehicle. Why go get yeah. a plug-in hybrid and have to jump through all those hoops? If I'm just in my neighborhood and driving, you know, kids to school and driving to the mall and driving to, you know, grocery shopping or whatever the case may be, why I'm going to spend the, the same amount of, not the same amount of money. I'm not sure how much plug-in hybrids are as it relates to full electric, but it ain't that far off versus You're the right. gap between a gas a combustion engine or ice, I they call them ice vehicles, and an actual electric is like this this gap is pretty wide. You know, again, I'm not trying to spend all my money, you yeah. know, just to be around the neighborhood. Which is too expensive. That's the, yeah. I mean that's just they're too expensive and they're too inconvenient to use. It's, they just haven't, you know, normalized the use case for it yet. So so maybe we'll soon see if these rumors are right. Tesla may have a $27,000 Model 2 next year. And for those who are into Teslas, and if you want a cheap one, that, that might be the one to get. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
but not not this not to spend this whole episode talking about Elon Musk, but I did want to mention that uh he he has an AI company. It's called XAI. If you if you couldn't have guessed it. And they just released uh I believe their LLM, their large language model is called Grok. And this thing apparently gives you like snarky responses. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I, th- I think we all kind of lean the same way when it comes to Elon Musk. But the, the bigger conversation about this is that I, I don't know that this is going to be a thing, but there are a lot of people who will never use it simply because he's associated with it. I mean, we'll, 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 it doesn't matter. It could be the greatest technology in the world. It's like I was living just fine without it. I'll, I'll be fine going forward without it. Uh, this, you know, this, you know, grok, uh, that AI. So it's just, you know, it's, I want to kind of get your take on, you know, you know, is, is the Elon tax real? Uh, you know, I, I, that's what I call it. I think that when he is, you know, he is associated with a company um, for a lot of people, you either love him, you will flock to something because he's there or you will, you know, you will stay away for something because he's there. But th- there is there's absolutely a tax. And my gut tells me is more people would not use this because he's associated with it than there are those who would use it with because he is associated with it. What do you guys think? I think the opposite. I think there are much more people who will flock to anything Elon Musk makes than okay. the amount of people who will say, I'm not buying or be even being associated with anything he does. There's a bunch of people oh, who okay. are disgruntled, wish he would just make the product and shut up, but they're not going to disassociate. They'll just be, you know, on the internet, you know, Twitter fingers. I hate Elon, but then they only on Twitter. On Twitter. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I raise my hand. I don't like the dude, how he's running the company. I think he's absolutely running into the ground. Where do I say this most? On the platform that I think is being run into the ground. I'm still, still there. So yeah, yeah, I get that part of it. So okay, that's interesting. Well, and I just, I'm like, can we just stop fucking talking about this man already? Like, I just feel it, it, like, I just feel it's like. It's hard not to. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's, and, and I, and I, and I get that. Yeah. I understand why we have to keep this man's name in our mouth but it just it just frustrates me to no end somebody with such vast resources who's supposed to be allegedly so smart and such a genius and and is not using any of these powers for good if you will you know i I, i'm gonna just read a quick snippet out of the article you posted it says leading up to the release musk posted on x formerly twitter an example of grok responding to a request for a step-by-step cocaine recipe oh sure grok responded just a moment while i pull the recipe pull up the recipe for homemade cocaine you know because i'm totally going to help you with that like whether that's real and there he's going to his AI model is going to give you a recipe for cocaine or it is it's going to be sarcastic. Sarca- yeah. Like I'm not going Why to do we need either one of those? You know what I mean? Like we don't need an AI tool that can do either one of those things. So like the idea that you are training this model and we're going to talk about a story right after this about how these models get trained. Um the idea that you're training this model um and and to do this when you could be training it to cure cancer or like anything, anything, and not everything needs to be a cause celebra or whatever, but it seems like anymore he has just devolved into just the worst sort of high school frat boy nonsense, you know, 
that I, that that he can think of. You know, it's like everything's a joke to him. Everything's a meme to him. Everything is, you know, and, it, and it's just like just just go away. Honestly, just go. Yeah. Away. If you're not gonna do anything good for anybody, you know, go away. Seriously, and, I'm and just surpri- over it. And surprisingly, I'm indifferent to Elon as a whole because there are some good things with the Starlink. You know, yeah, Starlink and the and the too. battery company. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, that, just the revolutionary stuff he's doing with electric vehicles. I mean, I'm indifferent because also, d- dude, you're whack, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are people, which I think is the actual issue. Personally, there are people who love the fact that he's an asshole. They love oh, the fact that he absolutely. can do whatever he wants to do yeah. and just move like he's position. their hero. Yeah, and they will, like I said, they will eat up everything he does. So yeah, if he comes out with some dumb uh, AI language MLM, you know, um, LLM. Yeah, LLM. <laughs> you said MLM. MLM. It's not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> 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 LLM, At least we don't right? think it is. Right. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> Not right. Um, that that gets cute when you ask it questions. People are going to eat that up because because he know. embodies what their image of a I did it my way billionaire does. Yeah, and they, they want to aspire to that. Mm-hmm. They think he's Tony Stark and, and he's not. And it's just but it's just it, it's tired. It makes me tired. It makes me want to take a nap. So, so here, here's the thing that's interesting. Most, if, if you think about Fortune 2000 CEOs, these are all multimillionaires, uh, who have an, you know, enormous wealth and, uh, you know, and power and, 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 and capacity. But overwhelmingly of those, uh, of those, you know, those top 2000 CEOs in, you know, you know, in the world, they don't want to be known for anything. If it is not, core to speaking about their business, their company, what they produce and promote, they will give you the most coach speak um, answers to questions because they don't want anyone to think of them first when they when you when, when you go to buy a Coke, you don't want to think about, well, who is the CEO of Coke? Do I like him or don't I like him? Do I like her or don't I like her? They don't want you to ever have that as a conversation in your head before you go and buy the tasty drink that they create. So they are generic as possible on all these things. They, they are not trying to be in the news, not trying to, um, you know, have, you know, sway opinion. That's not, not everyone. There, there are definitely some activist CEOs out there. I don't know that I would consider must that he's just, I'm just, I'm just a dude. I'm going to, this is how I feel about earth. And I'm going to tell everybody who, you know, who's willing to listen. Um, but, but that, that's a big part of it. I remember back in the day, a lot of folks used to get on, um, Michael Jordan because he didn't take any political stance one way or the other. It could be the worst thing happening on either political you know side of the aisle. He said nothing in his response when you could get him to say something as well. Republicans buy tennis shoes too. And that's generally how most CEOs are. They want, they don't want you to know what they believe. <laughs> You know, unless they've gotten to the end of their career and now they're trying to change policy and stuff like that. But when they're running the company, it's like, I don't want you to know who I'm voting for or who I'm donating to or who I'm doing this and that to. I just want you to buy my stuff so I get more money. That, that, that oh, is, yeah. that is who I, you know, my, my filthy goes to is, is who pays ba- me the most. He's, he's done the opposite. He's based all of his yeah. companies on him, which will be interesting to see, you know, when you start talking about succession planning, um, who is going to be able to step in 
into those shoes because you've basically built your brand on you mm-hmm. as as a person. And, you know, once you're gone, like what what's going to happen to those brands? So yeah. Yeah, I don't care. but anyway y'all for for those who do care uh xai they got grok out there and it'll be snarky with you um you know maybe you can i I don't know what what i want to i i remember back in the day uh you remember when folks used to actually have the navigation systems in the car you know you you would buy your gp your your garment or whatever i remember when uh you could get like different voices for them so you could get james earl jones doing voices i think samuel jackson did some voices and it'd be like, you know, you know, you know, laugh, MF, you know, like, you know, that, that type of stuff. And I guess for some folks, that would be, it would be interesting for a few minutes. And then I would probably tire of it really quickly. So it, we, we will see, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not baking on this one. I'm just, no. I don't, not I don't at all. So y'all, I got to ask, have you, have either of you, uh, checked out these Ray-Ban meta smart glasses at all? Have you, have you seen them or paid attention to them at all? Well, just followed them on the news. That's about it. So I was lightweight thinking I wanted to get some. The, the, the type of glasses that right now I got on my reading glasses with the blue blockers for, you know, for doing uh, stuff in front of the computer, but my regular glasses and I am a glasses where I wear my glasses probably 95% of the time and my contacts maybe 5% of the time. But I liked how they look because they look like regular large Wayfarer from, from Ray-Bans, which is a, yeah, I, I got a pair or two of those right now. So I'm like, okay, well, they, they actually look like glasses, but I started digging into the specs on them. So just, just for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Ray-Ban and Meta have, you know, released a pair of smart glasses and the specs are it has 12 megapixel ultra wide camera. The thing that got me is that the camera is only in portrait mode. So, so these, these glasses are designed to work with Facebook and Instagram. So they want you doing stories and reels and stuff like that. So only portrait mode, which is like, ah, almost, you know, that could have been the snow shopper for me. The video is relatively low quality. It's only doing 720p. They have 32 gigs. It was doing, it said the video does 1080. Does it? I think the article. Hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking right now. I could swear they because they, they dinged it a, a on camera. Ultra, yeah, a but new they u- said video was decent. Yeah, it's a new ultra wide 12 megapixel camera translate to improve quality for your videos in 1080p videos up to 60 seconds. Oh, okay. I thought it was only 720. I'm glad, glad you corrected me on that. 32 gigs of storage. They are, they're not waterproof. They are water resistant. Um, and not even very much. It's only IPX4. Uh, water resistance and they have a four hour bar- battery life. And I think it's like 36 hours when you include the case. Um, so they're, they're, they're kind of cool. They're not inexpensive. Uh, they cost probably twice with just regular Ray bands that, that, that didn't have any of this, uh, technology in them. And, um, I, I really did. I, I spent some, I, I spent some minutes at a, you know, at a, uh, sunglasses hut actually looking at these things. Like, do I, do I want to pull the trigger on them? Because they have all kind of frames, all kind of lenses. I can get them with my prescription lenses. And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I haven't gotten any smart glasses yet. Let me get smart glasses. But the thing for me is that it only does this video in uh vertical mode. And I'm like, do I want to spend that much money for a pair of glasses when really well, like I, I think they're only well, they only intending for you to stream. Right. Um because so you can only right. yeah, you can only record sixty seconds of video anyway. So yeah. like wh- whether it's portrait or landscape, a minute is But not even the pictures though. Like if I'm looking yeah. out at the world and I just want to take a nice, you know, click and take a picture, picture is vertical. It's, it's, oh, um, yeah. So 
So I was like, I just, you know, I don't, you know, I started reading some reviews and people are like, they either love them or it's like, eh, they're, they're, they're okay for what they are. If you really just want to spend extra money for, uh, you know, you know, for the Ray-Bans, but almost everyone to a person has said that the AI, cause they have like, uh, you know, this meta AI built into them. They said, from what I've heard, I have not been able to it test this beyond the store, but they said that it was kind of trash. It doesn't sound like you're going to get that sort of minority report experience On where yeah, where you get yeah. a whole AR overlay over whatever you're Oh, no. no the, so until we got that, I don't want them. I'm like, so, until we have that and I can mm-hmm. say, hey, glasses, you know, show me the best direction to get to the bank up the street. And it is going to overlay walking directions on the sidewalk for me. Like, I don't want them. Like, no, I don't, I don't need them for anything else. And you know that's the I mean? thing. They're so. not doing that. And I, I never, I, I can't say that I ever thought that they were because they've been upfront that these, this, that's not what they are. The, you know, you might be able to get those directions in your ear, turn left at the next corner, uh, you know, you know, but walk, you know, point, walk two more I blocks. I gotta wear these glasses at right. all. See, with your eyeballs. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, they do like, so look I, nice. I but like so they, they, they look like regular glasses. You know, I, my, my gut would tell me is that most people, today would not realize that they were smart glasses. Now, one of the, one of the things that they do, um, one of the reviewers I saw says they do have a not creep people out mode. So when you are taking video, um, there's two little holes on the, on the temples of the glasses. One is a camera. The other is an led to let you know that the camera on the other side is on. So whenever you are taking video, whoever you're looking at is going to see if they're looking back at you, they're going to see a light, which would make them, you know, probably aware that, Oh, those are smart glasses. They're probably videoing me. But Steph, I'm, I'm kind of with you. If I can't walk down the street and look at the sidewalk, it's, it's see like, you know, uh, an arrow telling me to turn and all that kind of stuff. I just don't know that I'm ready for these yet, but the glasses that have come out and done that, they look like you're wearing ski goggles. So I I, I mean, and technically, I mean, they are smart glasses for the sense that they are electronic, but mm-hmm. all it is is a camera. All it is is a video recorder. It ain't really smart. I mean, outside of this, like you said, the meta AI. Which, so it does have the meta AI. They do have speakers in them. So you could talk to it, tell it to play music, this and that and the other. Um, in fact, some reviewers said that, uh, that, that like they, there's tactile feel on this, like on the, on, on the sides of the glasses and it's too sensitive because you can just be putting them on and all of a sudden, oh, where's that music come? Oh yeah, it's me, you know, playing the music. So there, there's that part of it. But generally the reviews, as far as their light, they don't really weigh that much, uh, to, to have all this technology in them. They look like regular glasses. You don't feel like you're wearing a Google glass somewhere. Um, but if, like if I, said, I was somebody that had to live stream all frequently the time. all the time, this might be a, a thing. Um, Cause that literally seems like their best use case uh, currently, but otherwise mm. there really just doesn't seem to be a reason to own these glasses right now. Hand, hands-free camera. Yeah, pretty exactly. Sure, and I'm pretty sure people know what they can do with their hands free while they're recording. <laughs> and that's where all the videos going to come from. Uh, Ray-Ban is going to hey, be like, listen, ah, the porn, the porn hey, industry. Hey. We're going to see rate sales of Ray-Ban spike and it's going to be the porn industry. Uh, the sad thing is that you really ain't even joking. This is like, this is probably the absolute truth of what is going to happen. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, eh, Ray-Ban just, not, not yet. You know, it's not ready yet. So, but I, I want some, I, I want, I, I'm a glasses wear. I want some glasses that I can take video and, um, 
you know, that allow me to get like a heads up display in my glasses while they look like regular glasses. You know, somebody please create that. Do yeah, it I don't need, and I don't even need the camera. You can take the camera part off. I just want to be able to like if I'm looking at a menu, I'm like, all right, what do you what are the ingredients in whatever the case may be? And real quick. Show and it'll me show me right on mm-hmm. there. Just, I'm, yeah, trying to, I, I'm trying to mix some drinks. I'm like, hey, what's the ingredients of a whiskey sour? Right on my glasses. It tells you right the ingredients right there. And I'm exactly, you know, what, what, yeah. what song is this? And on my screen, it'll tell me the title and the artist and the track, you know, whatever stuff like that. I mean, that to me, that's smart, same, same, you know, versus just, hey, record this thing in front of me. I can do that with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah, there there was this television show. It starred Sean Penn, and it was about a, a a manned mission to Mars, and it was set in the in the in the near future. And they had glasses. Everybody's wearing these glasses. They just look like regular glasses, but they do all the stuff that we're talking about. You could do, you know, literally, you call somebody, you call them from your glasses, you look into them, they're looking at you. You know, it, it, th- that's what I want. I, I'm going to go find the name of that uh, show and put it in our show notes. But uh, uh, you know, that, that's what I'm looking for. And I, I thought the Ray Bans would be kind of a, a bridge there, but it's like, mm, nah. for the money you want. And when I'm probably going to still end up using my phone to do all this stuff and get the real good quality video and uh, and pictures and all that kind of stuff, that's just a little bit too much to pay. Not yet. So, y'all, this last uh, story we're going to talk about here, uh, Steph, uh, you know, you stuck this in. Um, and it is about uh, just, uh, I, I believe they're referred to as click workers mm-hmm. who ultimately are uh you know the contractors in most cases who are being used to train these large language models so just to give you a little bit of background so you know just showing a uh computer sh- showing an ai an image of a banana and saying this is what a banana is one time is not going to teach that AI that this is a banana. They need literally need to see thousands of pictures of things that are bananas along with thousands of pictures of things that are not bananas so that they can actually, uh, you know, like that. I don't know the math and the science of how all this works, but it, it takes many, many, many iterations for, you know, before a computer can say, Oh, this is a banana. Oh, this is an apple. Right. Um, this is a lemon versus this being an orange. Um, if you ask a computer, uh, if you ask an AI, the difference between to they're pretty good at it but that was because there were uh these click workers that probably clicked on thousands if not tens of thousands of lemons versus tens of thousands of oranges to teach the computer which ones were which but it sounds like these workers kind of across the board and across the world this is like the the, the current day sweatshops just for a digital world. It's like, I mean, these folks are really being taken advantage of. And you you link to, you know, quite a few articles here. But I want to let you go ahead and tell us, uh, you know, you know, what, just what's going on with these with these digital click workers. Right. So there were for number one, you know, forgive my ignorance, uh, tech John listeners. Uh, but I was not aware that this was how these models got trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say feeding in data, I'm just, I don't know where I assume the data was coming from or like how the data sets got scrubbed to be presented to these large language models. I just, I hadn't really gone far enough down that rabbit hole to understand how that process actually happens. Um, you just say, oh, it's trained on data. And, and, and I think they, I think they make it intentionally vague. So, so that we don't really 
drill down and ask more specific questions about how this data is being used, where this data is coming from. That's part of the reason no one can ever figure out how some shit went wrong because you don't know how the data got trained and where they got the data from and, and yada, yada, yada. So, um, you know, it, it's on, it's incumbent on all of us to do some, some homework and some research. And I will definitely be doing more of it, uh, since, uh, looking at these stories, but there's three different things happening in the data labor m- industry market. They, they click workers or data labor is another term that they use for, uh, this kind of thing. But there's three different things happening in the da- data labor market. Number one, they ain't paying folks no kind of money mm-hmm. whatsoever. No kind of money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just like pennies on the dollar. They're using, you know, people in, in, um, Southern parts of the world. Yeah, disadvantaged countries that, you know, if they speak any English at all, they can, you know, click on something and say yes to your point. Yes, that's an orange versus yes, that's a lemon or whatever. Um, so, so the exploitation of labor is absolutely happening. And, and as always in countries that are largely black and brown. Um, so that's number one. They, they exploiting folks of color around the globe to be these click workers. Let me just stop you right there because it's interesting that those are the workers that get exploited, but also the workers are also the people that the AIs work the least amount for. Exactly. Isn't it funny how that works? Exactly. And and I'm hoping you're getting to this third point, Stephanie, about the bias. Well, yes. Oh, we'll we'll get through. I just just wanted to call that one. So yeah, that was the number one. They, they're exploiting people of color around the globe, paying them pennies to do this work. Um, number two, they have started using prison labor in some countries to do this work. So, you know, not, I don't know. No one's admitting that they're using prison labor in America yet. Uh, the article that I linked to was in, was a Finland, a Finnish prison where they were using, uh, Finnish, uh, prison labor, but, I already see the extrapolation to U.S. prison workers, uh, again, largely black and brown, being exploited to do this labor. And then number three, to your point, Terrence, the bias inherent in this, because one of the other articles in here was the fact that uh, the labor, the data, the click workers are are being sort of intimidated into giving wrong answers that coincide with the majority answer, whether they think it's wrong or not. So we're baking bias into this system by default, basically, and using data that is tainted from the outset to, to train these models. So, so there's so much wrong with this process at this point. And these companies are just still barreling, barreling along full steam ahead with these AI models to do everything. Like we, I just, I don't know how we haven't, like the government has not forced these companies to stop doing what they're doing mm-hmm. at this point and it, to shut these models down at this point. So to, to your third point, and I just want to, I want to paint this picture as, as vividly and as clearly as I can, um, because of the way we talk about stuff on this show. But let's just say you have a hundred people that are doing this work and that hundred people are representative of the population of the United States. So that means that you're going to have 
I don't know, 12 African Americans on there. You're going to probably have 13, 14, uh, you know, uh, Latino Americans on there. You might have one, maybe two, uh, you know, uh, Jewish folks on there. You might have one Native American on there and you gonna have a whole gaggle of Caucasian Americans on there. Mm-hmm. So the problem in, in your third point is that, well, if the majority is saying, Oh no, this, this isn't problematic. Right. Um, well, it may not be problematic to, to 60, you. 80% of the people, <laughs> but there might be that 15, 20% of the folks. So this is problematic every time I look at it, but I get dinged if I let you know that it's problematic. So I can't actually say it's problematic, making the thing that is problematic even more problematic because the AI is not going to be trained properly on it. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a racket. It's like there's probably a rap song by Public Enemy from back in the day that talks about this very thing. They even they weren't even talking about uh, you know AI. That is that is just like when when, when I read when you pointed that out, uh, you know, or when you, when you when you you know linked that article, you know, sent me that link, and I'm reading, I was like, whoa, that I mean that that yeah. really exponentially exacerbates the mm-hmm. issue. Of bias because the people who are pointing the bias out are being dinged and fired for pointing the bias out, which means that the bias is not going to be, you know, pointed out in the system where we need the bias to be pointed out. Yep. That is, that, that is, yeah, that is very deep. problematic. It's deep. Yeah. It, it's like levels to this. And, and mm-hmm. it just, the rabbit hole goes so far down that I just, like I said, I just don't under, and I, like I said, I think they've, they've done a very good job of keeping all of this as intentionally vague as possible. So nobody asks those questions. Um, you know, who knows what all of this stuff that President Biden is trying to do is going to do to help this, this process along and all of the, you know, protections uh europe is trying to put in place and everything else but like we need a moratorium and and they did and they even did that like didn't like a hundred or something tech people say Mm -hmm. we need to pause ai for a minute so we can get our arms around this thing and and we still haven't done that so it's just like i I don't even know what to do at this point besides pray (laughs) seriously So the, the other thing that was interesting was that you, you actually said, it's like, I know this, uh, this article is long, but I want y'all to read about the prisons. So I, I read through the entire, it, it was long. It was interesting. They do prison in Finland way different than they do it here. I was like, cause I was, I was expecting, uh, let, let, let me, let, let me sit down. Let me, uh, let me, let me sit back because I'm about to hear some Be all outraged. Yeah. Some <laughs> outraged stuff. And it's like, they actually treat those prisoners, kind, you know, kind, kind, kind of nice. Now they ain't paying them nothing. Um, but you know, but I was thinking like, I think there was one part of the article that said that doing this kind of work for eight hours a day is not necessarily good for your, your mental health and stuff like that. It's like, you, you, we want these, we're trying to actually rehabilitate these, uh, these inmates so that they can come out and be productive in, 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 you know, in, you know, in Finland citizens, you know, they want them to be productive citizens when they get out. So they don't, they limit it to three hours. Like, oh, we, we ain't doing that here. It's like, you'll be working all day, you know, clicking these buttons, making this money for these companies once they get that stuff over here in the United States, which is just sad. It's like, it's, 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 you know, it's, that's a whole other show as to why we have so many freaking people in prison, number one, and why so many of them look like us, number two. Yeah. For profit. It's for profit. Cause it's like over at, and I think it is Finland, um, or one of those types of countries like they're they this prison in particular was sort of maximum security, but their prisons, they can come and go. 
like daily in, at their prisons. Like they literally can leave and come back and they have to be back at nighttime, like mm-hmm. to be in jail. And it's just like, we just yeah. we just hustling backwards. Yeah. In and the, the reason hustling that uh, this this finished prison was was doing this is because there's only like five million people who speak Finnish on Earth. This is not a very you know it's, it's not like English or you know or kanji or Spanish you know to where they're just you know you know millions if not billions of people who speak the language. So as you were saying, Steph, in the beginning, you know where are they going to find these uh, these uh, click workers? Generally, it isn't you know this. You you know, Southern Hemisphere, places where it's really warm, where people are really brown, but they speak English usually as a second, if not a first language. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, so when you think of all the AI companies here, well, they can go there and get that, you know, and, and get that talent to, to, to you know, that to do that work. Labor. They speak you know, that cheap labor because they speak the language. But in Finland, Finland, Social Security, uh, uh, not Social Security. What, what do they call it there? Uh, for folks who are unemployed, their unemployment benefits are so good that they can't pay people. More, they don't want, I don't want to say they can't. They don't want to pay people more than what they would get by just being unemployed. Right. So they literally cannot get the citizenry of, you know, of, of Finland who speak Finnish to train these AIs because uh, I just make more money by not working. I'll just not have a job, uh, you know, before I allow you to pay me this little, but that's not the case. And that's, that's, you know, that's where I thought, oh, this, this is about to go way south of how they're treating these prisoners. It's like, no, the prisoners, you know, are doing it. They, they, you know, but they're treated relatively well, but I, I'm basing it based off of how prisoners are generally treated here. Yeah. Um, that, that is, not it, it's be, not the same thing. It's no. not the same thing. And, and again, it's just a matter of time if, if they aren't already doing it, um, before somebody gets the bright idea that, oh, snap, we can, we can make our inmates here do that for pennies on the dollar and, and, and get this. But yeah, just like it's I said, the idea, the idea that this is how AI works. I don't think enough people have enough of an understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I said, I, you know, just cause I didn't, didn't mean everybody else doesn't, but yeah. I, you know, I definitely did not have this level of understanding about how these models actually work and get trained and get their data. And, and we got, there's something needs to be done about this. This is not, this is not a good look. Yeah. So, you know, for, for those who don't know that, you know, when we're talking about this AI, this is not like Terminator to where these things are thinking, in, in making decisions they're just based off of you know off of the 50,000 times that we saw a lemon and the million times that we saw things that were not lemons we've determined that these are what lemons look like that that that's what they're doing is you know it's it's not like we've seen so many lemons that this is what the computer thinks a lemon looks like that's not intelligence that's just it's very good at making matches and, and then what, and pulling does, that what stuff happens out. when somebody decides what they want the AI to, which they're already doing, but sounds like they're already they, doing that, right? They decide this is because you're you're clearly, um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, you're being, incentive, you, you're incentivizing, you're, you're de-incentivizing mm-hmm. correct identification mm-hmm. of things and and dinging people for that so you know right now it's i think I, I i i tend to agree with your analogy rob about population and there's more white folks doing it so they're going to have a different type of bias so i think the the 
the skew is just based off of demographics. But once you intentionally start to populate these data sets with incorrect information, which I, is if it's not already happening, is right around the corner. You know what I mean? Then then what happens? Yeah, and in my opinion, it's not intelligence if you are got all these people feeding, programming, uh, identifying, categorizing all this information. It's like where the intelligence come in? It's just the the way the machine spits it back out. I mean, that's not really intelligent. That's just again machine learning, which is why Stephanie, I think they may be staying vague about it because when you get into it and get into the details. There's nothing artificial or intelligent about it at all. Pay no attention mm-hmm. to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pay no attention so, to the man behind the curtain. And I think when we first started talking about ChatGPT, but you know, a little over a year ago now, um, and we said that you know these things are not smart. They're just really good at predicting what's going to be next. So if you think about what like ChatGPT, when you know how how is it figuring this stuff out? It is it is literally like Grammarly to where you're typing and then the next word just pops up and the next word just pops up. Well, how is this doing that? Well, all data has been this digitized has been fed into this thing. So it's seen this sentence. If I say Stephanie runs really, you can probably guess what the next word is going to be. One of two. Awkwardly. Really fast, probably. I would say probably seventy percent of the people. I said awkwardly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, that probably comes up enough to where that I would imagine that AI would give you that, depending That's on how else third. you were writing. But yeah, option. but uh, but really fast is probably going to be seventy percent. Really slow is probably going to be twenty five percent, and then everything else is going to be five percent. Um, so that's all it is doing. It's just, you know, it's just auto populating what it thinks the next word is going to be. There's no intelligence involved in it. Those people behind it that actually said orange, 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 apple, football, tennis ball, baseball, tennis racket. You know, the, 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 those people actually are the ones who trained it and they're the ones who are, you know, who are basically being, you know, you know, manipulated here by, uh, I need to make, even though this does bother me, I got to say it, you know, that it doesn't because I want to continue to do this job and get the, get these pennies that you're giving me every time I click something. So it's just interesting. It's like, you know, yeah. we started off talking about, oh, this AI is all really cool. And just like everything else is like, man, if it just wasn't for people, <laughs> if people wouldn't people, we, we, you know, how far would we be if people wouldn't people? But uh, yeah. So, y'all, I'm looking at the clock. We at the, you know, just past the top of the hour. We did not unfortunately have any new patrons this week but once again if you would like to support the show head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john that's the tech j-a-w-n and any one of our three or four tiers that we have over there now uh does so much to help us bring the technology the way that we bring it to you so once again head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john so with that tech life staff why don't you go ahead and tell the folks how they can get at you you can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. Check out my website at stephaniehumphrey.com or pick up the book on Amazon. All right. And you can find me all over the Internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. So come holler at us however you holler. And until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. peace.